Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to a mini episode of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Pat. Today we're joined by Rick. Rick. And Chance. And Chase. All right. I guess he's going by Chase this time. Uh, <laughs> Zach is... Where's Zach? Well, I handed off the whole Fortnite marker sniffing thing. Um, I, I introduced Zach to that, so now that's what Zach is up to. Because that's how you get rid of a yep. Uh, you have to it's, it's addiction. Like the, you have to pass it on to someone else. It's like it's the, like ring, the ring movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Zach. Good luck with that. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We're a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. Occasionally, we talk about movies, TV shows, favorite like Netflix original, favorite Netflix original show. Uh, Stranger Things? No, Bojack. What am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, what's right? yeah. Bojack. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, definitely Bojack. What about you guys? I guess I'll go with um, the other one, which is Stranger Things. I really like that show a lot. I can't wait for the next one. And I will go with, um, what's the making of murders spoof? Uh, American Vandal. Oh, yeah. That was, that was did hilarious. You, did you see season two? Yeah. That poop? was good too. How the fuck do you cancel that show? I fucking don't understand. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, this week we'll be talking about the Nintendo Indie World, uh, the announcement of Abandoned, and the fucking implications that had, and finally the Resident Evil Showcase. But first, what have you been playing, Rick? Since you weren't here last week, why don't we start I was with you? not here last week, and I've been. I remembered the last podcast. I mentioned some developments in my new toys, especially revolving around my birthday. I did get my Xbox Series X, and still most of what I played on that has been uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, uh, mainly multiplayer, mainly deathmatch. I, I, I've I've gotten like the like the play of the game a couple of times, and my KDR is nothing to shake a stick at. I play pretty conservatively. Um, I'm not just running in and dying all the time. Um, some people might call it camping, but they're just haters. Um, so yeah, been enjoying it quite a bit. It's kind of like the gamer version of a pumpkin spice latte. It comes out every fall and we're all into it. I'm not proud that I'm into it, but I fucking love it. Yeah, everybody hates on it. But But you still, you still do it. So I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Also, we got a code. Bloober team gave us the code for Observer System Redo. And uh, Pat has been holding on to that until I got my Xbox Series X because it's revamped. It's upped uh, graphics-wise for the Xbox. Yeah, it's basically remastered for the Xbox Series X. I've never heard of this game. I got it confused with Observation. So uh, when I first started playing, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not playing Five Nights at Freddy's in space. What gives? It's Rudger Hauer. (laughs) Rudger Hauer, who has a lot of consonants in his first name and very few in his last name. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He plays the protagonist. He's like a policeman. Uh, they call them observers. Basically, it, it takes place in a futuristic cyberpunk Poland. So what's cool about the observers is they can kind of hack into people's minds, like as a form of interrogation, which is pretty neat. But I'm pretty sure the entire game takes place like in this tenement. Yeah. I did not know that either. So I was just kind of walking through this apartment building, like really having no idea where to go. Really no idea what, what this whole thing was about. A lot of the um, futuristic... Things on the walls and decor really freaked me out because I'm like, okay, cool. Can I act, interact with this? It's glowing. It's a glowing box. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you can't. And I'm like, oh, well, cool. So I was kind of kind of annoyed by it for a while. And then I actually finally got to like hack into somebody's mind. And even halfway through that, I also got annoyed. But like at the tail end, there was like this image 
or just like this little like small scene that I saw. And I'm like, I'm very interested right now and I can't wait to play more of it. <laughs> I felt kind of the same. Like the first hour, I'm like, eh, I'm playing this because it's on Game Pass and I don't have anything to play today. But am I really enjoying this? And then I got to that moment where it's like you're basically in this apartment complex and there's a killer on the loose and you're trying to find him and you're trying to like follow his trail and it leads to some interesting places. But yeah, like here's a little bit of the overall story and I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Let's keep playing this. Yep. I'm, I am now hooked. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah, as far as what else I've been playing on my new Xbox, um, I know Pat really wants me to play this honored. I wanted to get some time into observer to talk about on the podcast before I jumped into that. I also downloaded the medium. I figured I'd hop into that after um, Observer, just kind of go Bluebird to Bluebird, because Bluebird team also developed the medium as well as uh, Blair Witch. Played some New Vegas, as I think I mentioned last time on the podcast. It looks sharp, like fast travel times are basically non-existent, which is amazing. Um, and then I did beat a few campaigns on Star Wars Battlefront 2 for the original Xbox which opened up the door that I want to buy a bunch of original Xbox games like um, X-Men Legends Apocalypse, like multiplayer ones. I really want to get into those as well as uh, Dynasty Make Warrior sure games. you double check that those are backwards compatible because the library for original Xbox backwards compatibility is smaller than 360. So okay, confirm it because I, I did that same thing with Max Payne. I'm like, yeah, Max Payne's got to be backwards compatible. And then I looked at it and no, it wasn't. Um, other than that, on the Switch... Let's talk about uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. I know that's for, developed by THQ Nordic. I know we also got a code for that. Released, re-released on the Switch. Apparently it was for uh, the Xbox 360 PS3 generation. I was talking to my buddy and he had played it before and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So yeah, it's definitely a re-release uh, port to the Switch. I'm, I get a lot of Fable vibes from it. Like there is some quirky kind of uh, comedy here and there. Um, the action too is it's very fable-esque, but apparently the story was done by, uh, R.A. Salvatore, who's a noted fantasy novelist. I know he did, um, like the Dark Elf series and I read the Demon Awakened series way back when. So the story is, it's nice. Um, just wondering, cause I got to like one of the first towns and I found a, um, like a chest that was full of basically more than more stuff than I could carry. And everything was like pretty high level and I basically was able to beef out my character like right away. So I'm not too sure if that was like a re-release thing or they just kind of, I picked like an easy mode and they're like, okay, cool. Here you go. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's fun. I, I recommend it, especially what I think it's like $30, especially if you're you know, into playing big, long RPGs on the switch. Do you know the, uh, the history behind the game? It was developed by 38 studios originally when it came out. And that's the, the studio owned by former baseball pitcher, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> And they borrowed a bunch of money from Rhode Island where they were located developing it. And then they missed a loan payment and then they filed for bankruptcy. So they're like, here you go, Rhode Island, have the IP. <laughs> so now it was owned by Rhode Island for a bit. <laughs> like it, it, it was a huge financial strain on the, on the state of Rhode Island. And then eventually, <laughs> you know, it went from EA to somebody else to somebody else. And then now THQ Nordic has it. And they're like, you know what? We can bring it back. Whatever. <laughs> that is hilarious. Like I, I saw that it was done by like 38 and I had no idea that that was the actual backstory to it. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> also, I got uh, Mario Kart for the Switch. Uh, playing a little bit of that. Yeah, it's Mario Kart. I'm happy I have it just in case I have a friend over who likes to play Mario Kart. And yeah, pretty typical Mario Kart. 
Um, now let's get on to my laptop, which I'm recording on now. My new laptop. I can finally like see you guys in Discord. I can actually have Discord up on my laptop rather than my phone, so I don't need a full charge of my phone when recording. And then worrying about having that die and not being able to talk to you guys or cutting out randomly, which it did a few times. So, yep, moving on up. So podcast quality hopefully will go up, at least on my end. But yeah, let's get into my uh, library of PC games. I got a code from Frictional Games, Amnesia Rebirth. I've never played any other other games in the Amnesia series. This one takes place. You're on a plane. Plane crashes. You're in the desert. You're like, oh man, I'm going to die out here in the hot sun. So you find a cave. And the game so far seems like it mainly revolves around working around light and like lighting up torches and stuff like that. If you're in the dark too long, like the screen kind of starts getting darker and like these little things kind of come over it. Um, it's so far so good. Um, I'm starting to get used to Same with Observer has this uh, control system where, say, if you open a door, it doesn't automatically open the door. You actually have to, like, grab it and then pull. pull yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if this is, like, a more PC-focused thing or something that I just haven't encountered in a long time. But a lot of, like, picking up random stuff. And the physics are really cool. I'm not used to that. And also, like, it showed me how cool my new laptop is as far as uh, graphics goes. Because I could play it, and it looks amazing. And, yeah, I'm really happy with the physics because, like, like, I'm picking up, like, a bottle. And I drop it, and it just shatters. And I'm like, oh, wow. This is really neat. And then I'm just throwing around clay jars and shit like that. And it's like, I'm sure I should be progressing in the game. But I'm just so enamored by the physics that I've just been kind of... Like, I'm in this cave, like, near my little torch. And just, like, playing with all these things. Um, <laughs> the story seems great. And, um, you know, leading up to something scary. A lot of question marks of, like, okay, cool. Like, I was passed on this plane. And then they're, like, kind of searching for me. But I never really left the crash site. So, what the hell's going on? Um... So yeah, I'm excited to get a little bit deeper into that. Um, the Amnesia series was like super popular for like making like that really scary horror game popular because it was like a PC game originally. And it was the one where it's like everything's almost pitch black that you can barely make stuff out. And then you're like in a, a sewer or whatever. And then you see like the monster's footsteps running towards you or whatever and then like you're freaking out and stuff like i remember that gif going around everywhere like oh my god like holy shit yeah yeah i've been getting that vibe a lot what i like to do is like i like to light up a place and then like look at it and then start moving backwards so i still see the light and then like the game like you just like start hearing stuff all around you it's definitely a game changer when you wear the headphone or your headphones um because you really get to experience a little bit more as far as the sound goes so, yeah, it's been a blast so far, and I just love how you're like, oh, yeah, Rick uh, just got a new computer and got a new Xbox. Let's just give him the survival horror games. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because I'm a glutton for punishment, I also recently downloaded The Forest, which I'm really excited to get into, and I'm sure I'll talk about that next time I am on the pod. Nice. Chance, what about you? I, uh taken a break from WoW and started playing a different MMO called Final Fantasy Fourteen. Just trading one vice for another. Well, I mean, I always like playing an MMO, but it's kind of hard to play multiple MMOs because they take up a lot of time and there's a lot of things to do. So, I like cocaine and heroin, but I can only focus on one at a time. I mean, yeah, well, it's like it's it's like that sometimes. What else? Um, I mean, I haven't played anything too new um, right now, but I am I'm literally about to play 
uh, if you want to talk about what I'm going to play, is um, Biohazard, Resident Evil, getting ready for the new Resident Evil coming out later, which we'll talk about later in this podcast. And then You're playing um, Resident Evil 7 on Game Pass, getting ready for 8. Yeah, I downloaded 7 on Game Pass, and I also downloaded the demo, so hopefully maybe when I get back from work I can play a half an hour of uh, the demo. Well, we'll talk about that when we talk about the showcase, because that fucking demo strategy is fucking stupid. <laughs> that screws over everyone <laughs> in the America. <laughs> yeah, not too much right now. I mean, a bunch of games are about to come out, and um, there's a lot of things about to happen, so I'm sure my list of what I've been playing is going to be a lot larger later, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Thank you for reminding me, Chance. I am downloading Resident Evil 7 right now. Nice. All right, so since we last talked, I did play Maquette on PlayStation 5. So this was one of the PlayStation Plus launch free games uh, for, I believe, March. It is a first-person narrative puzzle game. So it, it's it's about a relationship between uh, two people, and they they were both like artsy, hipster people, and they shared a sketchbook. So after they've broken up, you find the sketchbook and you're kind of reliving the memories of that relationship through these puzzle environments. And it's, it's the, uh, the puzzles where like there's a small replica of the world around you and anything you change there changes the entire world. Bryce Dallas Howard actually voices the, I forget her name, um, the female protagonist. And then I think her real life boyfriend or husband or whatever is the, the male protagonist and uh, voice acting is really good story itself is eh, okay i guess you know it's just like a normal relationship kind of thing but the puzzles while i did find them a very interesting some of them are like i have no fucking idea what you want me to do how the fuck am i supposed to get to this next spot because it doesn't tell you anything there's no like tutorials there's no nothing it's like you're supposed to figure it out and i like those type of games where it's like okay you know, we're not going to hold your hand. You need to figure out the puzzle and like, you know, what the correct way to do stuff is. But some of these things were like so fucking weird that I'm like, I would have never fucking figured that out. Like one puzzle, <laughs> I was, I like this type of thing where I like spent 20 minutes on a puzzle and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then like the next day I come back and I'm like, oh my God, how did I not realize this? And then I did that. I like those type of ones. But there was this one where I was stuck on there for 45 minutes because I'm like, I'm trying, you know, I'm using the tools I have to get to where I need to go. And there's no way I can figure this out. And then I finally looked it up and I'm like, how the fuck did you expect me to know that? That's a completely new mechanic that I've never like seen before. So I did look up a couple, a couple puzzles in that, but uh, overall an okay game, solid, like seven out of 10, good free PlayStation plus game. So if you did uh, add that to your account and you want to try it out, it's worth your time, I think. And then I did try Oddworld Soulstorm, which is April's PlayStation Plus launch free game. Uh, I played the first level, about 10 minutes, and then I closed the game and I uninstalled it because it is not my type of game. It is a 2D, like obviously Rick knows, a 2D side-scrolling. You have a limited amount of life and there's a lot of hazards around and you kind of have to like platform your way to the end of the level. Uh, they had this mechanic that they were relying on so much during that first level where there's fire in front of you. So you have to get a water bottle, a glass water bottle and throw it on the fire to put the fire out. And 
the controls for that. Like I have to use the right stick to aim and then the trigger to throw. So if I'm throwing and then I move my control stick, it'll pretend like I aimed there from the beginning. I'm like, how the hell? It's already left my hand. I can't change where it's going. Like, what the fuck? So uh, I was kind of annoyed at that. And I'm like, I know what this is trying to do and I know I'm not going to enjoy it. So it's just not for me. So there's that. And then I did try Quantum League, a new shooter that just came out uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, it was announced a little bit before, but it's it's one of the most interesting shooters I've ever played because you're in this arena. Most games are one-on-one. Uh, there are two-on-two, but I have not played those yet. And there's a machine that creates time loops in the middle. So you play, like, it's probably 45 seconds or whatever, but it feels like longer than that. So you play a loop of 45 seconds and the game remembers what you did. And then you go back in time and you play a second round. But the thing you're doing in the first round, an avatar is still copying exactly what you did. And then there's another round after that. So you get three total loops, which constitutes a cycle. And if you die during a loop, it means you're desynced. So you're a ghost but you still continue to do stuff because it has to record what you're doing because in the next loop, you're able to kill the person who killed you before they kill you. And then that person doesn't die. Like you're breaking the time cycle. Um, there's also health pickups on the map. So if you get desynced, you can pick up a health pickup and that will bring you back to life instantly. So it's, it's a lot of strategy involved. I was playing one game where, it was just at the end of the loop, make sure you kill more clones than they've killed of you. And uh, this guy almost killed me and then I killed him and then he grabbed a health pickup right next to me and came back to life and killed me from behind. So what I did the next loop is I grabbed that health pickup before the fight even happened earlier in the timeline, basically. So there was no health pickup for him to grab when he died so he like i saved my clone by changing the timeline so it's it's more strategic and you have to kind of remember what happened earlier in the round to like figure out how to change the timeline so very interesting game and they have a a bunch of different uh game modes like the one i was talking about is free for all where you just have to kill more clones by the end of the cycle and the person who wins two out of three cycles wins the overall match. And uh, there's one where you have to control a point in the middle. And the way I played that was no matter what, I went to the point, even if I died, I was at the point. So the next time I just need to kill the guy who killed my guy. And then my clone survives and I'm controlling the point by the end of the round. So uh, very interesting concept of it. A twist on like what the first person genre is. Cause like you're cooperating with yourself in a different timeline and I've only played one V one right now, but I can just imagine the chaos and two V two. Like it's going to be insane. Uh, it is on PC right now. Um, only I think, uh, it is on steam and it's $5 and it's like kind of like more cartoony, like, uh, overwatch definitely worth checking out. It's only five bucks for the, like the next week because it is like a sale that it just came out or whatever. So after that, it'll be 10 bucks. So if you want to grab it, grab it now. And then I did start Psychonauts 1 on the Xbox, uh, backwards compatibility. I saw the opening cinematic and it was like 480p and I'm like, nope, uninstalled it, downloaded it on PC and I am playing it in 4K60. Uh, I'm like still at the first section of it or whatever, but you know, interesting. I want to beat that before Psychonauts 2 comes out, which I think is this summer. So 
kind of digging into that. And then finally, we did briefly play Super Mario 3D World in four-player co-op. Me, Chance, uh, Zach, and Matt. And that was super fun. I thought it was super fun uh, because it does the thing where it's like it's co-op. You're working together, but you can screw up your other teammates. So like one of my friends would be uh, Toad and he's just going he's speed running the level while the rest of us are trying to get like upgrades and stuff. So I'm like, fucking slow down, Toad. What the fuck? And then uh, I'm jumping on people and, you know, grabbing upgrades before they can get it and stuff. And like it's like co-op, but like almost competitive co-op. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of want to. Yeah, like at okay. the end, they like um, you compare who had the most currency or who had the most gold and stuff coins and so coins, it's kind of yeah. like, mm-hmm. and you get a crown on it you too, so it's like make your character super noticeable, like you you know you get the most gold the last round or something. So yeah, and it the screen is the camera is super annoying because it's like all four of you in the same space, but if somebody goes up really far ahead, the camera shrinks, or if like they're going too fast, you'll go off camera. And then uh, a bubble will come out of nowhere. It picks you up and then drops you off closer to where your partner is. But that could sometimes be right off the map. So you need to fucking pay attention and kind of keep up with everybody. And it's frustrating, but like a good frustrating kind of like a moving out or a overcooked. Yeah. So uh, definitely enjoy it. I do want to play some more, but it's definitely one you got to play like in person versus online because Nintendo's online sucks. So. And that's pretty much it for me. Awesome. So uh, I have Psychonauts on my Steam library from like a long time ago. So I'm excited that I can bump that up. That should be awesome. Yeah. So I downloaded it off GOG, good old games. And uh, they have, like it's been updated. So it supports 4K, 60 FPS. So I'm sure Steam does the same. So let's dive right into it. So topic of the show, we got three different mini topics that we'll kind of talk about they'll they'll be pretty quick so uh let's see let's start with the nintendo indie world so they had this presentation on april 14th a 20 minute kind of indie showcase they've done it before it was announced the day before there was a little bit of hype around it because i'm like okay indie world you know they've they're announcing it the day before that kind of gets some expectations set up so i was really hoping for hollow knight silk song chance i'm sure you were hoping for sports story right yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that one. We got neither of those, <laughs> but we did get some interesting games in here. We're not going to talk about everything. We're just going to kind of talk about the highlights. My biggest surprise and the one I'm more most excited for is Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. So this is the sequel to Oxenfree, obviously, from uh, uh, Night School Studios. Uh, it's set five years after the events of the original game. And Riley returns to her hometown of Kamina to investigate a mysterious radio frequency seemingly causing disturbances. So if you guys don't know about Oxenfree, uh, first of all, go on Game Pass, download it and play it. But it is a narrative platform, not even platformer, just like a narrative 2D game. There's no combat or levels or anything. There's a couple of puzzles and stuff, but it's mostly the narrative-based thing where your conversation is the most of the game. Like, if you walk too far, the characters will end the conversation and continue to the next thing. So you kind of want to walk slowly to, like, get all the dialogue, but your your choices impact character relationships and everything. So the okay, first game so takes... Is it okay. is it like um, uh, After Party where like if you make yes. certain decisions, you skip, like you kind of miss out on certain portions of the game or you have to yes. do things in certain order? And also some other bad news, it is not currently on Game Pass. 
Oh, they took it off Game Pass? I'm looking at Game Pass right now. Well, go buy it because it's definitely <laughs> worth it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think you could probably, if you're on PC, you can find it for like two, three bucks probably. So, waiting for that um, Steam sale. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely worth it. And, um, it has such an interesting story because it's a bunch of teenagers celebrating their uh, summer vacation on this Island and you play Riley and she is hanging out with her stepbrother for the first time because, uh, her, her mom married, uh, you know, this guy's dad and they're like siblings, but not really like they don't know each other or whatever. So there's that relationship forming. Plus there's a relationship with her actual friend, and then um, people that are like, you know, it's like a standard like 80s teenage movie where it's like the the close friends, but then also the the popular kids that hate the the close friends and they're all stuck in the same situation type thing. And the way the relationships play out and the way it's written is, is it's definitely like these are real teenagers talking and not just like 40 year olds pretending, hey, this is how teenagers talk. So um Definitely worth checking out, and I'm really excited for the sequel. I was not expecting this at all. I thought they'd do like a, another original IP, but like in the same vein. But I'm really glad that they're continuing the story of Oxenfree, and this is coming out this year, 2021. So super excited. Um, next up is Road 96. Did you guys see anything about this? No. So I didn't I didn't know anything about this game until this showcase and it is a narrative adventure game with a procedurally generated story. So there's thousands of potential story branches which you will take with all different kinds of storylines and your choices change the characters you meet, your backstory, everything. The way they showed the trailer was like you talking to this person and you're like, "Hey, I really want to do this." And then it switches to another scene like at night in a different location talking to a different person and you're like, "I really want to do that." And it kind of just switches between the different possibilities and apparently it'll be like that me and you can play the same game but make different choices and have completely different stories and completely different endings and stuff like taking that Telltale game portion of it to like the next level and if they can pull it off that sounds super interesting to me um you know if the procedurally generated story works and kind of flows together well so i'm definitely interested but i'm a little you know let's see how how well this works before we can really call it something cool so that comes out late 2021 as well so something to keep your eyes on Uh, another one here is aztec forgotten gods this is a 3D action game inspired by Aztec mythology, but it also has like a, a cyberpunk aesthetic mixed in there as well with these like gods that have like these mechanical, you know, limbs and stuff like that. And there's like neon lights and everything like futuristic Aztec society. So it looked really cool. So uh, something to keep your eyes on in fall 2021. And then uh, I think chances highlight here, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, they showed a new trailer for that uh, old school 80s arcade TMNT game brawler type thing. Uh, they had announced this before, but there was no like actual date on it. Now we know it is later 2021. I love how they do these. It is 2021, but this is coming 2021. This is late 2021. This is later 2021. <laughs> so well, with Nintendo, you get two options, either like later this year or right fucking now. <laughs> yeah or they'll announce it and it's not out for like eight years so <laughs> uh breath of the wild 2 it's coming this year man 
<laughs> and then finally, this one I've just put on here just because it was such a surprise. Uh, Getsu Fuma Den Undying Moon. It's a hack and, sl- hack and slash roguelite from Konami. First of all, Konami's still making games? Question mark. But it's also a sequel to a uh, NES era Japan only game, uh, Getsumi Fumiden, which was uh, released in 1987. So 34 years later, they're having a sequel to this. So I got to imagine there's one person, at least one person out there who saw this and completely flipped out because they're like, oh my God, my favorite game from 34 years ago is getting a sequel. Uh, and this is coming out 2022. So. That was pretty much uh, the highlights. There were a couple of interesting games in there, but we didn't get more than like a cinematic trailer, so I didn't really include them. And then we got like updates on um, Christ Tales and Last Stop. But you know, we've already talked about those games, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, ports that are coming that will have been out on PC for like ever, like Fez. Like everybody's like, yeah. "Oh fuck yeah, Fez!" And I'm like, "I have no idea what that is." Uh, Summer of Arcade game originally. And then, yeah, it's one on PC forever, but I must have just assumed it was on Switch this entire time because I saw that. I'm like, oh, are they getting an update or no? Oh, no, it's just the original releasing on it. Okay. Well, I've heard like nothing but great things about it. So I'm like, oh, well, now that I have a PC, I don't have to wait for it to come to Switch. I can just try it out. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about for the indie world? Yeah. I think these would work better if just Nintendo's like same day, like here it is instead of day before. Oh, by the way, tomorrow is an indie world. Keep that in mind, Nintendo. And release game. <laughs> Take our advice, you big corporation. And release Breath of the Wild, November 19th, 2021. All right. Anyway, next up. So this smallish independent game, uh, Abandoned, was announced. It was revealed on the PlayStation blog with a trailer. It's a first-person horror narrative game by Blue Box Games. So they, they put up a blog post. They're like, okay, whatever. We're announcing this game. It's it's exclusive to PlayStation or it's like PlayStation PC or whatever. And uh, that'll be the end of it. You know, people will like see it and get excited. But the internet lost its mind because within hours, somebody like started the rumor like, oh, if you look at this, Blue Box Games doesn't have that many games released. They only have one other game on Steam early access that they stopped updating. Their website is completely dead. They don't have a social media presence. And then also the director's name is Hassan Conrman, whose initials are HK. You know who else's initials are HK? Hideo Kojima. (laughs) Like it, people just fucking went down rabbit hole after rabbit hole, like trying to make connections on one Reddit thread. I found a guy saying he, he found one of the employees at Blue Box, his sister liked a tweet from Hideo Kojima. So clearly that's the connection that it is Hideo <laughs> Kojima's new game and all this shit. Like it's it's insane how much people were trying to make this connection because Hideo Kojima is known to do this kind of stuff. If you guys remember from uh, Metal Gear 5 Phantom Pain. Uh, he announced it as a completely different studio, like a fake studio doing this fake IP. Like it was just called the Phantom Pain. They just had the trailer. There was no connection to Metal Gear. And then slowly they revealed, oh yeah, it is a Metal Gear game. And this fake studio doesn't exist. It's like a shell corporation for uh, Konami and all this shit. So people are like, this is the way he reveals stuff. Uh, PT was just playable teaser. They didn't announce it was Silent Hills or anything until you actually played it and beat it. And then you saw the actual trailer for it. So 
it's insane how much happened in that hour from that one announcement trailer. And if you look at the actual trailer for the game, it's like uh, this guy talking about being uh, left in, out to die in the middle of nowhere, having to find resources and stuff. And he's like in this like uh, desert environment and then you have a gun and it is just like it's a small 30 second trailer. Voice acting is not great and it's it just looks like a standard first person horror type game or whatever. Nothing super special about it. So getting these rumors on it is what drove this to everybody talking about it online. Because if there were no rumors about this being a Kojima game, this would have came and went. Nobody would have paid any second thoughts to it. So in a way it's, it's really good that this happened, but the actual uh, blue box games had to come out and give a press release saying like, Hey, there is no involvement of Kojima productions. We promise you this game is real and we are a real studio. Please be excited for our game. So that's gotta be a little disheartening, but you did get a lot of hilarious. Kojima was just like, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, Oh, Kojima like this tweet. It's gotta be real. (laughs) So, yeah. So that kind of started this whole, like, you know, trash fire of stuff and you know people going crazy but the interesting rumor that came out of it is jeff grubb from games beat who's like a known like leaker he's leaked a mass effect legendary edition release date and all that stuff he put up an article on games beat and it kind of listed out everything that was happening this last paragraph is the most interesting part here but the biggest piece of evidence that i have that abandoned is not a kojima joint is that kojima is in talks with microsoft about publishing his next game And yes, that statue on Phil Spencer's shelf was referencing a potential deal with the legendary developer. I cannot confirm if Xbox closed the deal yet, but my understanding is that Kojima is the focus of a Microsoft plan to tap into Japanese talent. So, Rick, being a huge Kojima fan, how excited are you? Especially since I just got an Xbox Series X. Like, this is everything I could hope for and want. Oh my god, holy shit. And obviously... If Microsoft is making a deal for a game, you know it's going to be on Game Pass. So that's exciting right there. And I'm not a huge fan of Kojima. Like, you know, I've talked about how much I didn't really enjoy uh, Death Stranding. Uh, I tried playing Metal Gear and the game play was good. It's just when it got to the story bits and there's like this floating whale and weird zombies and all this shit. I'm like, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So, you know, I'm not super hyped to have a Kojima game, but I'm, I'm excited to get a game on game pass. Would I buy this game? If, you know, if Kojima's next game was a PlayStation exclusive, like it's been, uh, whatever this game ends up being, would I, you know, buy it for $70? No, but if it gets added to game pass, will I try it? Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't I? So it's exciting, I guess, for that aspect of it. And, I wonder what the plan is to tap into Japanese talent. Like, are they going to hire him to be like a liaison between new Japanese studios or something? Or is this just a game deal? Like that's, that's the exciting part for me because Xbox and Phil has been talking a lot about, we want to grow our presence in Japan. We want to, you know, he recently visited a bunch of studios in Japan and there, there talks of, uh, either building a new studio in Japan or acquiring a Japanese developer or publisher. The whole Sega thing is still going on. So they're able to kind of get Kojima at least like on their boat for a bit. That'll definitely open the door to a lot more Japanese developers. I know square. I think I read something 
earlier today or last night that Square was like staunchly like, we are not for sale. Yeah, there's rumors that multiple sources were trying to buy Square and like Sony and PlayStation and uh, Xbox were all in a bidding war and all this stuff. But then Square's like, we have no idea where this started. So no, we're not for sale. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Microsoft has been kind of hungry and like, going at it this generation with uh with the amount of deals and stuff that they don't we've seen uh outriders get added to game pass day and date we've seen uh uh mlb the show which is a sony first party game that will be on game pass day and date we're seeing them buying all these studios with bethesda like they they just they're they're showing us they want to be the place where you play games and a deal with kojima is definitely going to be cementing that so I'm excited to see what it could be. What would you want this game to be? A, a rumored horror game from Kojima or something else? I'm a little OD'd on horror right now. There's a lot of horror on my plate, but honestly, like I never got to play the PT. I would love something like the PT. That would be amazing. But honestly, I don't I don't really care. I'm going to play it. I'm going to be wholly confused by it. I'm not going to understand a single fucking thing that's going on, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to love it like my own son. <laughs> All right. How's your son feel about that? <laughs> I, he's, he's moving around. He's kicking a bit. He's having a good time. We'll see him nice. in a couple months. The other part of this rumor. So Jeff Grubb, this is all he said. And I, I'm pretty sure he's a reliable source. But somebody else, uh, some random leaker online was talking about how the deal actually involves Konami and getting licensed to Silent Hill and then giving that to Kojima and that being an Xbox exclusive. That's where I'm like, eh, I don't know. That sounds way like... Xbox would have to pay a shit ton of money for that to happen. And that's way more likely that with, you know, Sony, a Japanese company doing that with Konami, another Japanese company, than Konami being like here, Western company have RIPs to do whatever you want with, you know, but still, if you look at it, uh, Silent Hill hasn't re- I don't say hasn't been like a profitable IP for a while, but nothing has really come out of that. That really like has wowed except PT. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe Konami would be like, okay, cool. Like we have this IP, we're not doing too hot. Let's try to get some money out of it, and then just give it away. But maybe like retain some rights. Oh, we'll see what happens. Ah, that's all legal shit. Do we, if this deal is real, do you think we find out about it at E3, or is it much, much more down the line? I mean, it could be like, like a, like a super quick tease, like, oh, it's happening. You know what I mean? But like, it won't come out for another 10 years. They did uh, tease Death Stranding for like three, four years before it released. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll get a CG trailer every every Xbox conference for the next six years for this random ass shit that we have no idea. We're speculating. Is this (laughs) a game we're playing right now? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are playing it right now. That makes no sense. Because we like stuff on social media. I don't understand, Kojima. (laughs) Yeah, I'm assuming I, I, he's going to be like, he's going to have his own little like bubble at, on the corner of the screen during the whole E3 thing. And then just, that'll be it. Like, he'll just be there watching it with everybody. <laughs> and then like, say absolutely nothing. That's all I expect. And I fucking love it. That is art. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. It's it's definitely an an interesting idea and like, we'll see what comes out about it, but. Then we can deliver pizzas during a pandemic. I'm I'm excited. All right. So next up, Resident Evil Showcase. So 
actually on my birthday, April 15th, they had a little showcase for the upcoming Resident Evil Village, but they also promised a few surprises for the Resident Evil franchise as a whole, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary. So happy 25th birthday, Resident Evil. You can finally uh, rent a car. (laughs) And get the fuck out of Raccoon City. (laughs) So they start off with another uh, gameplay trailer for Resident Evil Village. It looks great. Showed more werewolves and uh, vampires and witches and something about Mother Miranda, which I'm not completely sure on, even though I played seven. I don't know what's going on, but I'm excited. Uh, Chris Redfield is back. He's doing some shady shit. Really excited for this game. I already got it pre-ordered, so I am going to play it. I didn't need another trailer to tell me that, but... It's good to get more stuff. Uh, Chains, you actually got super excited from this trailer, right? Yeah, I mean, it looks really interesting. I mean, the mansion looks gorgeous. Um, And then the game did look a lot more open world, apparently. So I haven't played a Resident Evil game in a very long time. And um, that's why I'm going to... That's why I said I've downloaded um, Biohazard, the seventh full game um, on uh, Game Pass. And I want to get the feel for it. Try to beat it before the next one comes out. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's more open world, um, you know, upgrading your weapons and like, um, you know, you can kind of maybe explore different things on, you know, um, you know, in, in whatever order, maybe, I don't really know, but, um, but maybe there might be some kind of side quests to do, I guess, maybe, I don't really know. I mean, there was that article, uh, cause Game Informer is doing it as their, uh, focus or their highlight for the month or whatever they call that. Mm -hmm. And there's that article saying like, you're able to hunt uh, animals and then cook them for permanent upgrades. Okay. So So it's maybe some survival aspects maybe. And yeah, yeah, it's just things other than do than just like the linear story. I guess that seems kind of interesting to me. Plus, I mean, I, I mean, there's zombies are classic, but I'm, I personally am tired of zombies and vampires. So it's kind of cool that, you know, I mean, yes, they do have vampires, but like, you know, then they have werewolves and then maybe even some kind of like witches or something. So like, you know, it has like elements of a bunch of different kinds of supernatural creatures and, um, and I don't know. It looks really interesting. I don't, I don't know. It just looks really, it really my interest. Women too. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, that's the only reason why everyone's getting this game is because uh, they just want to be, uh, stepped on. Yes. By this very tall lady. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, they did announce that the demo, a gameplay demo is coming for Village. They they had that demo, the Maiden demo a couple of months back, but that was just like a visual showcase. It was only like 10, 15 minutes about there's no actual combat. You, you're solving like a puzzle or two and then, you know, you got attacked by the uh, the witches. I forget their names. Uh, but yeah, it, it. I'm excited to play this gameplay demo. I just wish the way they released this was much better because so everyone's going to get to play the demo eventually, but right now PlayStation is going to have early access to it, which means there's two portions of the demo. There's a village and a a castle demo. So PlayStation starting April 17th will be able to play the, the village demo, but that's only for a total of eight hours. It will only be able to be played for eight hours starting April 17th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So that's 8 p.m. or the 8 p.m. Eastern time. And then you have until 4 a.m. Uh, Eastern time 
on April 18th to play 30 minutes total because you're only allowed to play 30 minutes, but you can only play those 30 minutes during this eight hours. And then the week after, uh, you will get access to the castle demo, and that goes April 24th at 5 p.m. for the next eight hours, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time. And then, again, only 30 minutes. So you can play an hour total over the course of a week between two eight-hour chunks. So completely inconvenient if you have anything else going on in your life. And uh, after that, so after that, that's the PlayStation Early Access portion of it. After that, on May 1st, from 5 p.m. Pacific time to May 2nd, 5 p.m., so 24 hours total, you will be able to play one hour total between both of these demos. And at that point you can choose how you, how you want to spend your time. So you can play an hour of the village demo. You can play an hour of the castle demo. You can do 30 minutes each and that's on all platforms. So if you're an Xbox or PC, you have to wait till May 1st and then you have to decide like, Hey, I've played 20 minutes of this castle. Maybe the village is way better, but I don't know. Maybe I should switch to that or I should keep playing this because this is the better portion of it. Uh, Or, you know, if you're PlayStation, you can play 30 minutes of each to get a taste and then you can put an hour to whatever you want. But just just give us the demo. Just limit it to an hour and just release it and let us play whenever we want in that hour that we have whenever before the game releases. Like, this is such a stupid way to release shit, right? (laughs) And I'm kind of like concerned, like, what if people have slow internet? There's only a certain amount of time. So what if you're spending most of your time just downloading it? And, ah, man. Yeah, but And it's it's shitty because, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, the, the RE-verse, the multiplayer portion of this game that they're releasing had a beta, uh, an, a closed beta that I, you know, had signed up. Or no, it was an open beta uh, that everyone could download and play. So it was available from like April 7th to the, 10th or whatever i downloaded it i tried going in on the 7th and they're like it's down for server maintenance try on april 8th at 1 p.m i try on april 8th at 1 p.m it's like okay try on the 9th and then try on the 10th or whatever it kept going a day back i was never able to access the actual demo in the morning of the last day i'm like i log in and they're like okay in two hours try back so i'm like okay i'll try back in two hours and they'll probably extend the demo because there was issues i try back in two hours they're like the demo has ended you cannot play anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys didn't even extend it. Like I never got to play the game because you had all these server issues. What if that happens during this time? Like, are you going to extend it? Are you going to give us more time or is it just eight hours and then you're done? Well, we'll find out in a couple of hours because today is the 17th when we're yeah, recording so. this. So, um, and I actually got to play the Reverse uh, demo. I don't know how the closed beta. Yeah. Yeah. The closed beta. And it was all right. I mean, Nothing I, to write home to mom about. That's definitely not the selling point of the game, but no. like, I want to try it to get the different abilities and like multiplayer aspect of Resident Evil, right? Yeah, and I have a lot of friends who are talking to me about it. Like, oh my gosh, you know, you see this new Res- RE verse like uh, multiplayer thing. It looks so sweet. Like, and they're like, I wonder if it's PvP. And I was like, oh yeah, I played it. I remember that. It was, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like the revelations. Like, that was... You know, nothing like I played one game of it and I'm like, this is not fun at all and not for me. But at least I know third person shooter is my type of game. So maybe I'll be more inclined to play that versus whatever. Look forward to playing that demo. We'll we'll try and log in and see if we can play and we'll we'll give our impressions on the next podcast. But 
terrible release plan Square. <laughs> if we can. Or Capcom. Terrible release plan Capcom. All right. And then uh, they also announced Mercenaries mode. So this is a time trial mode that was last seen in Resident Evil 6. It's coming back. You can compete in high score challenges. Uh, there's like three minutes to clear out all these zombies or whatever. And then you get to the end before the time. And then you can kind of like restock on ammo and upgrade your weapons with in-game currency that you get for killing these things. Uh, Rick, have you played uh, Mercenaries mode before? I have. I don't know if you can tell by my enthusiastic nodding. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 for the Switch. Um, by far, as far as the so many ports of Resident Evil 4. Um, we'll talk that, about another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That has been my favorite just because it's kind of like Duck Hunt where you point and click it, but heads explode. And Mercenary <laughs> Mode was a great way to just kind of go in, shoot some uh, villagers. I forget what they're called. Um, just, yeah. And then just like basically do a tear and there's different like maps and you run around, grab ammo, shoot more, grab health. Like it was a blast. Me and my old roommate, we used to just play that for hours on end. It was yeah, I'm very excited about this. Nice. Uh, I wish they had done some sort of co-op. They haven't announced anything like that. It seems like it's only single player, but, you know, make it like a horde mode gears type thing where it's like two of you trying to, you know, defeat all these zombies and stuff. So sounds sounds interesting. Uh, and then they announced, or I guess they showed a trailer for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness which is the Netflix animated movie starring Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. And it is about a zombie outbreak at the white house. So look forward to that, I guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. hell not. Her dad like happens to be the president or something. Well, you know, if, if you're, if both of your children like are pretty decorated at zombie hunters and <laughs> in this world, like that, that'll probably help, you know, yeah, your, uh, your, your channel's platform for running for president. My my kids have killed a bunch of zombies. What is this guy's kids killed? <laughs> anyway, um, the final thing that they talked about was the Resident Evil 4 VR port for Oculus Quest 2. So as Rick was implying, this game has been ported everywhere and now it's being ported in VR. Uh, they have changed the perspective to first person. They showed a brief gameplay trailer where you're like, it's kind of like a how you expect most VR games to play where you can just see your hands and you're holding the gun and you're kind of moving around and then like you move your head and that moves the camera. And then they showed like uh, a hand crank puzzle and then inventory management where you're like the inventory pops up and you're physically picking stuff up and moving it around to fit the squares. Um, interesting. I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the remake I wanted for this after resident evil two and three remake, I was expecting four remake in the, the new RE engine looking like a, a triple A game and stuff. And this, this looks okay, but it has to run on Oculus quest two, which is just the headset, not the headset connected to the computer. So it looks not much better than probably the switch port. So what do you say? Resident Evil four has been on more platforms than John Travolta disco joke. Um, sorry, that was terrible. Let's delete that. I'll keep it. In. <laughs> It's been on everything, but also it was like the thing that kind of reestablished the franchise from the set camera angle to the over the shoulder, which they have not only ran with, but have utilized this for even with their remakes. Mm -hmm. um, and then it wasn't until Resident Evil 7 Biohazard where they're like, OK, cool. Let's just kind of cool back on the action. Let's go forward on the scares. And yeah, it's just Resident Evil 4. Like, it's going to be I'd say it's just hard to remake it at the moment. Um just because, Probably because it'd be so similar to eight 
in the similar setting and stuff, but mm-hmm. I'd love for them to have that in the back pocket. And then maybe next year, or the year after like, Hey, here's resident evil four remade. Uh, but I, have you guys played resident evil four? I have never played. I've played bits and pieces, but never all the way through. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the first like 10 minutes spoilers, you happen upon this village and you basically just have to survive for a set amount of time. I think, like anybody who's like who's never played it before and decides to get that in VR will likely just shit themselves because like it took me like a few hours to be able to like learn that a you had to survive and b just not to get your head chopped off by a chainsaw which <laughs> is you would think it'd be pretty easy but it's not but coming at you in VR that's going to be pretty uh terrifying yeah like TVs will be broken and like VR games usually don't demo well when you're just seeing like a uh, present a video of it or whatever, but you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see how it shapes up. Is and this... usually they work better. I think when you ease into them, mm-hmm. but Resident Evil four is just like, all right, well you're in the shit now. Full motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, more details about this will be coming on April 21st during the Oculus game showcase. Does anybody have an Oculus quest? Uh, no. I've been considering nice. mainly because I have the I have the, the laptop now. I could probably do it. I know I just bought the forest and that's VR compatible. Um, yeah, you know, I've always been very intrigued, but uh, it's like what an extra like two three hundred dollars unless I get the yeah. HTC, which is like a so, like fifteen hundred or some shit. Yeah, because Oculus Rift is the one you have to connect to a PC. You need a PC. The 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 Quest is the one where it's just the headset. So it's like everything's in the headset for you. You don't need any separate cameras or anything else. Oculus Quest 2, which is what this is going to be for, uh, is the headset itself. Plus, you can connect it to a PC to make it better if you want. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hesitant to get another Oculus product because they're going to do the whole Facebook integration thing. So my next headset probably going to be like the, the index or whatever HTC or whatever has. Yeah, I did some research just cause I wanted to dabble, but I, I, I just spent a lot of money. Yeah. And James, I have a kid coming. Well, PlayStation has uh, their own thing coming out, right? Uh, yeah. PlayStation has PlayStation VR two, which will be coming out. I'm assuming next year or maybe the year after. Yeah. Uh, I would be surprised if this, VR port of uh, RE4 doesn't make it to other platforms eventually. I think it is on Oculus for now, but that's probably just like a term, like a temporary or exclusivity or some shit. Yeah, I mean, was this enough surprises for you for the Resident Evil showcase, Rick? Yeah, for something that just kind of... It's not that I didn't know about it. It's just like I wasn't expecting much. Uh, Resident Evil 4 VR, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, that'd be really interesting. Um, the movie, uh, Mercenaries, cool, but uh, uh, the 8 demo, though, that's what I'm kind of most excited about. I really want to kind of dip my dip my hand in that cookie jar and uh, kind of see what's going to be happening. Yeah, so it is PlayStation 4 and 5, so if you want to download it on your PS4, you can play it today. That's what I was thinking about, yep, depending on yeah. what I'll I try on my five get into today. We'll, we'll see how we get. But yeah, that's pretty much uh, all the news that we wanted to talk about. Subpar subtitles. Wow. <laughs> so subpar subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with, where I basically take the the principle that game developers like naming their game with franchise colon subtitle, and that's has you be 
hyphen T-I-T-L-E. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I take a fake subtitle and I intermix it with a bunch of real ones. And then I give it to our panel here and it's their job to figure out which one the fake one is. We have been keeping a running tally of scores. And I believe the scores are Chance with nine, Zach with six, and Rick with zero. I think so. All right. So everyone ready? Yeah. All right. Safeguard. One word. Safe Haven. One word. Safe and sound. Safety first. And then safe crackers. I'll say that again for those of you. Safeguard. Safe Haven. Safe and sound. Safety first. And safe crackers. Chance, since you're in the lead, why don't you start? Um, I'm going to do, uh, safety first. Safety first, which is D. Rick. I'm going to go B, safe haven. The name, just the name safe haven sounds really boring for a video game. Like safeguard, you know, safety first, but safe haven. It's like, all right, cool. You're already fucking safe. (laughs) All right. All right. So those are locked in. Now for the twist. So you guys have the option to either keep your answers and you'll get three points if that is correct, or you can choose to say that they were all real or that they were all fake. If you say all real or all fake, and that is indeed the case, you will get double the points for a total of six. So Rick. I'm going to keep my answer because every time I get ambitious trying to (laughs) get back up there, it's been biting me in the ass. So I'm just going to keep my answer. Play it safe. Safe and sound. Yeah, I'm going to keep my answer, too. Okay. Safeguard. Not a real game. Fuck. Safe Haven. Not okay, a real they're, they're game. They're all not real. Safe and sound. Not real. Safety first. Not real. Safe crackers. All right. You've done, you've done a real. lot of all real, all fake, like, every single time, almost. I figured this one was a safe bet. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. Talk about how none of you guys have been good at subpar subtitles this year at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at TUGPOD, on Instagram at TUG underscore POD, on Reddit at r slash TugPod, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TugPod. We also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Uh, Five star reviews for us. One star review for every other. No, 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 it's a rogue light, not a rogue like. What's a rogue light? It's it's got light mechanics of a ro- like not fully. Every time you die, you're not reset. It's uh, every time you die, there's they take away something from you, but the. Most of the stuff is permanent. Okay, so like Binding of Isaac would be a roguelike, but Hades would be more like a roguelite because you still get to keep some things. All roguelites are lo- r- roguelikes, <laughs> but it's not the inverse. <laughs> so it's like it's like a square and a rectangle. Like a square is a rectangle, yeah. but not all rectangles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Learning something new every day.